Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, March the 14th, 2023. So glad you guys are on. Good morning, everybody. If you're listening to it in the morning, if you listen to it later on in the day, well, top of the day <laughs> or evening, whatever. Um, so glad you're on whenever you're on. Um, but we are, uh, are continuing our journey through the New Testament. Today, we come to Luke chapter 15, as this week, we're going to spend most of our time um, all but one day in the Gospel of Luke. So today, yesterday was 14, today 15, Wednesday the 6th, uh, Wednesday will be Luke 16, Thursday the, Thursday will be Luke 17, and then uh, we'll round out the weekend with John 11. So today, Luke 15. Hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, a little cool, uh, little cool down has kind of passed through most of us, so it's a little cooler here in Tampa. I know uh, New England is bracing for a big storm. Um, so winter's not over. Here in Tampa, uh, Palm Harbor, we have uh, the Valspar Classic, big uh, uh, tournament. Uh, so they're always, you know, always, always hoping for good weather for the golf tournament. Um, so far, so good. Yesterday was supposed to be, was supposed to, oh, I hit something. I hit a button. And just hold on. It's this weird thing here. I don't know what that is. Okay. It's just a button I hit. Sorry you guys had to endure all that. Um, all right, let's do it. Let's uh let's jump into Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. This is a famous chapter, right? This has got all the uh the stories of the losts. You know, the lost sheep, lost coin, lost sheep, uh, lost uh, son. Yeah, let's read it. Welcome, everybody. Good morning, Tammy. So glad you jumped on today. Now, the tax collectors and sinners. Well, oh, wait, excuse me. I forgot a very important part. You know what we do? We read. We pray. I hear you. We change the world. Let's do it. See what the Lord has to say today. Now, now we can start. Now, now we can begin. Now the tax collectors, tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. So, hmm, interesting uh, division of the crowd right there, huh? So on the one hand, you got the tax collectors and sinners who are eager to hear what Jesus has to say. And you have the religious leaders, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who are, who are muttering. So some are eager to hear, some are there to just gripe and complain. Hmm, sounds like most groups, <laughs> right? In every group, there's a group there that's with, there for good intentions, and there's another a section that's there just to gripe and complain. 
Well, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they're just to, they're there just to mutter about the teachings of Jesus. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them, they said. So they're just, they don't like it. They don't like that Jesus, this uh, renowned religious uh, leader, rabbi, is spending so much time with the riffraff. Just, just eating them up, man. Just bugging them to death. That still gets that still gets church people all tore up. You know what? You know what? Um, that still gets people y'all you know wrangled, all knotted up <laughs> when you know, when you're spending too much time with um, the ungodly, with the unsaved, with sinners and tax collectors. Now. Of course, Jesus was Jesus was nothing like sinners and tax collectors, right? Which is really interesting, right? He was nothing like them. He welcomed them, but he was very different than them. Uh, I think sometimes um, that's probably a little bit where our evangelistic uh, <laughs> our evangelistic. Um, explanation, I guess is the right word. I don't know. Uh kind of goes south or goes sideways. Because we say, well, well, I'm just don't 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 fuss at me. I'm just hanging with the sinners and tax collectors. Yeah, but you look a lot like them too. <laughs> I mean, that's the other side of that. Yeah. I mean you look just like them. So that's not good. That's not good. Because Jesus, he hung with sinners and tax collectors, no question about it. Welcomed them, loved them, encouraged them, but he didn't look anything like them. I mean, he was uh, his values, his purpose, his uh, perspective, his relationship was so different. Yet uh, he was with them anyway. Anyway, uh, but that religious leaders they don't like it. They don't like that Jesus is hanging out with them. So then Jesus told them this parable. You know, Jesus often answered people with a story. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Hmm. Wow. So Jesus, you know, this, they're, they're griping and complaining and muttering because Jesus is hanging around with, with lost people. Why aren't you spending more time at, uh, at church? Why aren't you spending more time at conferences? Why aren't you spending more time uh, debating and discussing uh, in the synagogue, he did his, did some of that, but he's out with the people. Why? Why? Aren't you, but they don't like it. Why are you spending so much time on the, those people who are lost, unclean, unkempt, far from God? So Jesus says, "Let me tell you. Let me let me, let me illustrate this for you. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep, you lost one. Would you not leave the ninety nine and go and find and search until you find?" Like, you're not going to stop searching until you find that one lost sheep. And then when you find it, is there not rejoicing 
like you've never experienced before. Rejo there's more rejoicing over that one lost sheep than anything else. And what is he doing? Jesus is painting a picture of the heart of God. God loves his lost sons and daughters, and he is not going to stop searching until he can find them. And when he does find one, when he does find a lost son and daughter, when they come home, a sheep, <laughs> as it were, there's more rejoicing um, over that one sinner who repents than of the 99 that stayed. Mm. I, I, a few months back, a young lady um, after church wanted to receive Christ. And um, a friend of hers came up to me and was like, hey, um, she, she's really, God's really touched her today, and she really is at a place where she wants to um, follow Christ, accept Christ into her life. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have time. <laughs> Just kidding. I was like, of course. <laughs> I was like, of course. So we met at the altar, and she had, um, she had this Bible that was uh, torn and worn out. Uh, that I come to find out had been given to her by her mom, and so we, she's, you know, just shared her heart and how you know, she just was ready. She tried tried things her own way, and it just wasn't working. And she'd been through some hardships and ups and downs in life, and just was ready to give it to Jesus, ready to follow Him. So we knelt at the altar, we prayed, um, asked Christ to forgive sin and to come into her life and make her a new creation. And uh, I was like, I want to, I want to, can I show you a verse out of your mom's Bible? She's like, sure. I was like, and I, I turned to this very passage, Luke 15. I said, I want you to see this, this, this is in your Bible. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. I just want you to know, I told her, I just want you to know that there's a big celebration going on in heaven for you right now. You, If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, and I think you did, then there is a big celebration going on in heaven for you. That's what, that's what the Word of God's saying, man. Jesus continues, or suppose a woman has, has well, so, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she, doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and it says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Wow. There it is again. There it is again. Notice the uh, what will happen here as we continue on. Uh, Jesus is going to continue to raise, the stories are similar. Each story has some similar characteristics, but he's also raising the value in each story. So in Luke 15, the beginning, he talks about the sheep. There's 100 sheep. The next story he tells, there's 10 sheep. I mean, uh, 10, 10 coins, there's only 10. So you got 100, now you only got 10. There's only 10 coins, so the value is even more. Watch when he moves on to the sons. There's only two. The father only has two sons. Jesus is continuing to raise the value 
of trying to illustrate for us and for listeners and for those in the first century the value God places on his lost sons and daughters. Just as a shepherd with a hundred sheep is going to value if one is lost, how much even more a woman that has only has ten coins is going to value when one of those ten, one, a tenth, is lost. So here you got one percent, now you got ten percent. You're about to have fifty percent, right? Two sons, one is lost. You could argue they were both lost, but um, <laughs> that's another story. But she searches the house and she finds the coin and she calls all of her friends. You know, I found it. I found it. Hmm. And I want you to know that today, they, you know, God, God rejoiced when He found you. He rejoiced when he found you, like nothing else. And he still does today. Your, your family members, your loved ones who are far from God, when they come home, when they're found, there's rejoicing. There is rejoicing. There's no, Jesus is saying, there is no, there is no comparative joy. <laughs> there's nothing that compares to it. It's not, there's, not even a, there's not even a close second. It is the biggest celebration in all of heaven. When a lost son or daughter comes home. The Father is overjoyed. Verse 11. Here's the big one, right? Prodigal son story. In the, in the uh, podcast, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I asked the question as we read through this, do you relate more to the younger son or to the older brother? You can put this in the Facebook comments too. Um, wh which one was, is it bigger? Is more your story? Is your story more an older brother story or a younger son? I mean, older brother or younger brother story, because I, I will suggest that uh, both of these bo both of these boys are lost. One just left home, but the other never really was sharing the heart of the father. So while one didn't go to a far country, his heart was still a long way off, as uh, as we will see as we read together. All right, let's read it. Let's do it. The prodigal son, probably one of the among the top five most famous parables Jesus ever told. You may say the Good Samaritan story is probably up there, um, but this is probably top five. Jesus continued. There was a man who had how many? Just two. Got two sons. The younger one said to his father. Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. So this was him dis disowning his, his, uh, his father, disowning his family, really. Um, I just assume you'd be dead. Um, give me my inheritance, and I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to go and do my own thing. So the father divided his property between the two sons, the two boys. Not long after that, the younger son got, to, got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Man, I'll tell you what, that's a story be, being written every day. <laughs> People be squandering their money in wild living, right? Yeah, I mean, it's happening all the time. And uh, some of us, maybe some of you, you've had sons and daughters that have run off. Maybe you were a son or a daughter that ran off and you know, made a lot of bad decisions. 
made a lot of bad choices. That's what this younger brother did. He, he just, all that money, man, he didn't know what to do with it. He went, he just squandered his wealth in wild living. After, after he had spent everything, he, he dead broke, man. He ain't got nothing. He spent it all. He spent everything he had. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. How many of you know, um, if you make bad decisions, um, it will eventually catch up with you, <laughs> right? Um, you know, there's a, so here, the he had nothing to do with the famine, right? That, and that's, that happens to people. Like sometimes, um, sometimes when people run from God, right? Um, when you run from God, it's like some of it is your de bad decisions. Some of it is just circumstances, right? There are some things you don't, you, you had no control over, you know? Uh, he had no control over the famine. Um, but what we often do is we focus on the things that we had no control over. You see, there was a famine in the land. Look at what situation I'm in. Well, yeah, but that's true. But look at all the bad decisions, all the squandering that you did leading up to that. Yeah, you had no control over the famine. You don't, you're not to blame for that, but you are accountable for all of the bad decisions you made <laughs> along the way. But sometimes people in there, you know, when you're in that place, you just want to focus on the things you couldn't control. Oh, yeah, but, you know, those things beyond my control. Like, I lost my job, and there was a downsizing. Yeah, yeah, but you made a lot of bad decisions leading up to that. So there's a severe famine. He has no, you know, he can't, that's not his fault. But he, but the uh, squandering his wealth and wild living, that was all him. So after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. The boy hurting. We've said this before. Sometimes, you know, the only thing that's going to turn people around is to hurt a little bit. I mean, I know that sounds, that sounds heartless, and it really doesn't come from a place of, of a lack of compassion. It actually comes maybe from a, from a place of living, living a little while and having a little bit of seeing different situations and people and maybe a little bit of wisdom now that um, sometimes people won't change until the pain. Um, there's a, there's a basically a, pain, a change formula, right? When the pain of your current situation is greater than the fear of change, you'll change, right? When the pain of your current situation, when the pain of the present, is greater than the fear of change, then you'll change. So until that pain exceeds the fear of change, because there's a little bit of fear in change, right? Even, even a miserable situation is, like, familiar. <laughs> and so, but until that, that, that pain exceeds the fear that is associated with changing, um, you won't change. But once it does, once that the pain gets a lot greater than the fear of change, you'll change. And so here we see this, this young boy, he, he had to continue to have pain. It got, had to get worse and worse and worse until that the pain exceeded his fear of going home. But, it, but there was a breaking point, right? There was a breaking point where it got so bad, his pain was so strong, that was worse than the fear of going home. He got, it, it was a what? I have nothing to lose. The fear 
pales in comparison to the misery that I'm in. And so this, uh, so he's young man. He's he's lost everything. Severe famine. He began to be in need. Verse fifteen. So he went and hired him. It's gonna get worse though, right? It's gonna get worse. <laughs> At any point in here, he could have gone home, but he could have. But it hadn't gotten bad enough yet. So verse uh, fifteen or verse fifteen, yeah. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who went to, uh, who sent him to fields to feed pigs. Wow. A Jewish young man feeding pigs. This is as low as it gets. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Wow. You know, sometimes when we're uh, when we have a prodigal son or daughter, that's the hard part, man. We have to get to the place. And I've, I've talked to a lot of parents and friends who, you know, dealing with this you got to get to the place where you don't give them anything. And that is hard. You don't enable them. Um, because what was critical in the prodigal son's turning back was that very line. But no one gave him anything. He had to come to the realization that he is responsible for his own life, that he's responsible for the decisions he made. He's not responsible for the severe famine but he's responsible for where he is and the path that has led him to where he is. No one gave him anything. That was a critical turning point in his story. Watch this, the very next thing. When no one gave him anything, watch what happens. He came to his senses. (laughs) Verse, Verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Guess what? The pain is exceeding the fear of change now. The pain has just exceeded the fear of change. He's about ready to change. He starts thinking about how good the father is and how his hired, the father's hired hands has food to spare. And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father but what? Ooh, I love. Mm, so the boy working on his, he worked on his story. You know how he's gonna tell the, the dad everything. Look, I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna tell you everything I did wrong. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'll be one of your servants from now on. Watch this, verse twenty. But while he was still a long way off, mm, his father saw him. And was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now, this young man just been with pigs, man. He just been he's just been feeding pigs. He smells like a pig. He looks like a pig. He's got nothing. He's unkempt. He's dirty. He's filthy. He's just a shadow of the son that left his house. But he ain't no hired hand. He's a son. He's only the one of two sons he has. So the father sees him a long way off, and so the implication is that he's been watching. He's been looking. He's been keeping his eye out every day. Maybe today. Maybe today's the day he's coming home. Come on now. Maybe today's the day he's coming home. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the next day. And you just keep looking and keep looking and keep looking. Just keep looking out. Maybe today's the day they come to their senses. 
So when the father saw the son, he knew his son. <laughs> he knew his son. He said, that's my son. And then uh, lack of uh, care or concern for what people might think. Dad ran. He runs down the dusty path to meet his son. Doesn't worry about the smell or the look or the gossip or the muttering of religious leaders. <laughs> he throws his arm around that son and he welcomes him home. He says, I ain't got time for you. I ain't got time for your speech. I ain't got time for you. You don't need that speech. You don't need that speech about you're not worthy and all of that. You left a son, you're going to come back a son. You left a son, you're coming back a son. Verse 23, the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son. Come on now. You're, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Ooh. Jesus is showing the heart of the Father, and he loves you. <laughs> he loves you, and he loves his lost sons and daughters. And he throws a feast. He says, man, man, let's throw some ribeyes on, man. Get that, get that fire that grill up. Put some ribeyes on there. Let's go. Put a ring on his finger. Put some clothes on that boy. He was lost, and now he's found. Man, what a beautiful day when we come home, man. What a beautiful day when we help lost sons and daughters come home. There's no better work on earth than that, man. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He working. And when he came near the house, he heard all the music and dancing. He's hard at work. He's here all this craziness. What's all this partying about? I'm out here working. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come home. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Isn't this great? The younger son is back. Your brother's home. Aren't you pumped? Aren't you excited about this? The older brother became angry and refused to go in. That's what I mean, man. Like this, he's lost too. He was lost. This is almost a, a more, um, almost a sadder situation because here the son is enjoying all the benefits. This is like the the kid who's raised in a Christian home in a good family, been there the whole time, but he's lost. He or she's lost because they don't understand the heart of the father. One son goes far away. You can see his lostness and his wild living and his mistakes and the dirt and the, the muck around him. But this one, he all cleaned up. He sleeps in that father's house every day. But he couldn't be farther from the father. Mm. The other brother became angry. What a contrast to the father's reaction. He's angry. It's not the father's reaction. 
father's reaction is we got to celebrate like we never have before. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been serving you, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a younger goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. He doesn't get it. How could you do that? My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. We had to celebrate. We had to be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and he's found. That's the heart of God, man. That's the heart of God right there. He loves people, and he loves it when those who are far from him come home. And he wants us, those of us in the house with him to never, ever forget that. Those of us that are in the house, sons and daughters of God, don't ever forget, don't ever forget that the Father goes out every day looking down the road to find his lost sons and daughters. He never stops. And if we have the heart of the Father, you know what we're doing? We're walking out there with him. <laughs> we're walking out there with him looking down the road to see if our brothers and sisters are coming home. And we're doing everything. Come on. We're doing everything we can to get them home and to celebrate with them. Man. Good stuff, man. Hey, let's pray, y'all. Running out of time. Running out of time. We've got so much to say, but running out of time. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Wow. Thank you for your holy word. I pray your blessing upon your people today. Help us, those who are once lost sons and daughters, to never forget that we have a job to do, and that is to look out for those who are still far from home. God, thank you, Father, for your love and your grace. Thank you for the celebration over one lost sinner who repents. We're so thankful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. So hope you guys have a fantastic day today. What a great reminder of God's love and compassion, man. That He is a God full of grace and mercy. Um. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.